This is Harry Hawk Football. On today's show, we talk about the debacle of a game between the Washington Redskins and the Dallas Cowboys. We talk about the injury report, the upcoming game against the Seahawks. What the heck is a Seahawk? On the original Redskins fans podcast, live with Aaron George and John. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Harry Hog <laughs> Football. Yo, yo, what's up? What's your spot on today? This is episode yo, one. Up, dogs? <laughs> <laughs> episode 147. Where no, Josh no, said we were going to do. It's not like you're imitating everything else you are. <laughs> It's not the same as like all your other What's happening? Don't <laughs> know. What's happening? Josh said we're going to try <laughs> to do the entire <laughs> podcast as if we are Sean Connery. Well, we our ashes were put into our hands, boys. I don't. <laughs> I can't do that. Sean Connery. I don't know. Just pop- John Connery popped into my head right before we started this thing, and anyway, uh, screw yes. you on the whole podcast to Sean Connery. It's too much of a hassle. Those cowgirls suck. <laughs> Those cowgirls, America's team. <laughs> anyway, America's welcome team. Welcome to what is this podcast number one forty seven? One forty seven. One forty seven. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> we named the dog Indiana. <laughs> this will ever for now till history go down as the Sean Connery episode. <laughs> episode 147. Yeah, we couldn't get Trey Johnson on, but we could get Sir Sean Connery. <laughs> Pass the haggis and some McEwens. Uh, Whatever, dude. He's Scottish, dude. <laughs> Him and his bangers. Sorry, and no offense to Paul Tattersdale and those guys over there in the UK. <laughs> um, Name the dog, Indiana. <laughs> all right, dude. Oh, Welcome, Sean. Hey, man. So uh, we're just we're just delaying the inevitable because we really don't want to talk about this crappy game. So that said, we'll pause for a station identification, and uh, we'll be back with where are they now, and we'll cruise right on in. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening. All right, it's time for right. Josh's favorite segment. <laughs> All right, now, now, now that we've collected ourselves a bit. Um, uh, I haven't collected anything except a bunch of kicking the ball awards for this week's episode. Dude, what's up oh, with the Redskins when they have night games? Have you, has anyone put two and two together and figured out their record in night games over the last five years? I don't know, but I know we're zero and three this year. I think we're like zero and five over the last two years. Are the games so late that the because uh, offensive linemen are so old as a passive time? Is that why they suck so bad? In they're, so, games? they're so crusty. Dude, they don't stay up after Jeopardy's on. <laughs> Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, and they're off to bed, man. And occasionally they'll complain about missing old reruns of Coach. <laughs> or just missing reruns. Rerun. Rerun. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, man. Dude, seriously, we've got to 
offseason on the offensive line. That's what we said last year. I know, but we, what did we do? Nothing. Yeah, we got Chad Reinhardt. We told you. We told you. We told you. All I know is that the offensive line about as well as, as I think the three of us expected them to play from the beginning of the year. I think they just they they were pretty they, they played beyond themselves for the first few games, but their age is catching up to them. They are Dude. tired. They're slow. They paid. They played beyond themselves in the first drive, where I was like, "Dang, our offensive line is destroying Dallas," and then that was yeah. it. I've got one word for John Johnson: block. John Johnson, block <laughs> balls. <laughs> um, no, I can't cut Jansen, but man, he is not playing. I, you know, I can't just single him out. No, but, but you know, you got to dude. You got to start somewhere. What was up oh, with Raybuck? No what was up with Raybuck and that Ole stuff? What was that Ole BS? Dude, I'm surprised he did not get caught uh, holding because I know I saw him hold at least two or three different he times. He did hold on a run like right after that play and they didn't call it. I thought they did. Dude, Raybuck got turned around more time than those turnstiles going into the stadium that night. And, and, you know, I mean, the offensive line is part of the problem, but why can't Jim Zorn stop being all cutesy and just run the damn ball? Every time Clint Portis gets the ball, he rocks. Who? And then he has to come out. Zorn. Yeah, dude, every time, it's like every time Portis is running the ball, almost every time he's doing well. And then he comes out, and then you have Betts in there who re-injured himself again, by the way. Or you have Sean Alexander, who still has only run the ball like 10 times all year, so we don't even know what he can do. And he, he and, and, and then he gets all like cutesy, and he won't, won't stick with what's working. I mean, he finally realized that the caveman can do something, and got the ball to him twice on the first drive, and then where was he the rest of the game? I understand he needs to lead block. And boy, did he on many of those runs from Clint Portis. He did some great blocking. But man, he's a weapon. Use him. Dude, and it was obvious at the beginning of the game. I mean, I just don't get it. I don't get it. That said, that question, said, Zorn was aggressive on that fourth down. What? On that one of, yeah, that's, that's exactly what we're saying. I know. The, fourth, that, the first drive was fantastic. He knew he was going to go for that fourth down. Yep. And then after that, he didn't do crap the whole game. Exactly. And part of that was that the O-line didn't give Campbell enough time to do anything. And I thought Campbell played out of his shoes. I thought he did really well, except for that one pick to Newman, which was reverting back to old Campbell from last year where he would get near the red zone and, and do a stupid play. Newman. Other than that, you know, he had to have his head on a swivel. He avoided, he got sacked, I think, three times, but he avoided a lot more. And he had that 22-yard run, and that was an audible. He called that at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So my, my question to you guys, do you think do you think that the league has figured out Jim Zorn's play calling and that every, and that is why the offense isn't able to score? You know, scored 26 points in the first game against Dallas. How are they going to figure it out? Because you think they've figured out what he's doing? 
or do you think that maybe he's trying to be too cutesy and doing plays that the team's not ready Dude, for? I don't even think he's figured out what he's doing. With, in conjunction with the offensive line not being able to block anymore. I think, and I'll say what I said before the podcast, and I sent this into an email. Uh, who was it that was wrote into us? Somebody. Big Mike, maybe. I can't remember. Anyway. Um, Big Mike. Big Mike. Dude, I just... Now, now I lost my train of thought. I'm going to have to Dude. So, so what I was saying, what do you think, do you think Aaron? I think... Well... It's an interesting point because if you think about it, it's not like um, Jason Campbell was missing passes all over the field like um, Romo was. Oh, 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 oh. His, um, you know, his uh, execution is pretty much on. I think it's his offensive line and maybe a little bit of the play calling, but I don't know. We need to do something to get the offense going. It just slapped me in the head again, and it's what you said, Aaron. It's what we've been saying. It all comes back to the offensive line. It all comes back to the offensive line. Well, how Jason could they Campbell, play so good in the first drive and then just suck after that? Are they just tired by then? Because they got tired, dude. They're like 80 years old. They're but like in the first with game against... With tennis balls on the bottom. But in the first game against <laughs> Dallas, if you'll remember the first game against Dallas, they owned the fourth quarter, and that helped us win. So did they yeah. just get spent over the course of the season and now they're done? Or... Dude, I don't what? know. I think I think we're like I said earlier. I think I was I was very surprised that they played as well as they have for as long as they have. And I guarantee part of Zorn's thinking about trying to get Stefan Heyer out there and play some chances. That's exactly that. He's like, we gotta we gotta infuse some youth on this offensive line. Youth. Mm-hmm. And so um, we got well, we got we got Heyer, and we got Chad Reinhardt, who hasn't even active for any games and probably going to get cut next year. I know, but dude, remember my point, dude, about how you're saying you're surprised that we won so many games, but remember our win-loss point difference? Yeah, right now we're minus one. We're minus We've one. We've outscored this year, 182 to 181. And we're still six and four, so... But we're still six and four. Um, you know, what can I say? Uh, the Redskins are looking pretty average as of late, and uh, they need to do something to get and, this uh, season turned around. Tied with us, and we've gone from the lead in the wild card hunt because, I mean, let's face it, the Giants are going to take this division. Oh, and yeah. We've gone from the lead in the wild card hunt to maybe not even making the wild card. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know who would have it right now, us or Dallas, as the sixth place. Dallas. Because of the point difference? I think so. I'm not sure. All I know is that we're going to damn Seattle um, this weekend, and Seattle has won a grand total of two games. The chickens. They beat St. Louis and San Francisco. Dude, I'm worried about that game because every time we go there, we get beat. Dude, we're going in there. We're going in there with with Jim Zorn, who should know Seattle better than anybody. I'm worried about that game because we're playing another team. Yeah, you got that's a point, all, dude. That's it. I'm gonna put it this way. I mean, unless, seriously, unless we 
can make some major changes to our O-line, I'm worried about the game, too. Yeah. The thing is, is what changes are we going to make? Exactly. I mean, we need to get, we need to get the one-man gang to go back on the offensive line. <laughs> it doesn't matter who we play. John's right. We either like barely win or barely lose. Yeah. I mean, the defense only gave up 14 points the whole game. Yeah. And honestly, I'm glad we lost 14-10 instead of 14-13, but damn, Sean Sweden can't even kick a 46-yarder into the wind. I know. And yet all these people are saying that Sean Sweden's having a great year and he's a solid kicker. Since when? What Sean Sweden are you guys watching? I see him miss the important kicks all the time. He even misses some easy ones sometimes. Dude, and I know Zorn was trying to like open up, get these plays where they open up the, the, the ball, like taking a shot downfield. And he said a lot of times Campbell just got pressured too much or sacked, and it didn't give people enough time to get downfield and get open. He only took one shot. One. One shot. And there had to be another time where you could just say, run. Dude, it's and like on that one shot, eighty-nine run. Dude, that one shot, run. That one shot, Santana Moss should have caught that ball. Yeah, he should have hit him in the hands. He got paid more to drop that pass. Hands, he got paid more to drop that pass than I'll make in like the next five years. <laughs> yeah, right on. Depends on how our sponsorship looks. And what the hell is up with the with the headsets not working at home? For the third week in a row. I don't know. They need to get Brian James up, up in there. He had to run. I know, right? <laughs> Brian James. <laughs> he knows how to run a sound system at the very least. <laughs> Dude, he had to, Campbell had to run to the damn sideline to get the play. They don't even have, like, hand signals where he can look over and be like, uh. Dude, I don't have a problem. And he had, like, audibles in his head. But because they're changing in, and Doc Walker talked about this on Redskins Radio, they got so many damn people coming in and out all the time. It's like every single play, you got like four or five different people, it seems, switching in and out. I know it's not that many, but it seems like it. So it's like you're very limited at the audible call of what you can run if if you don't know exactly what's going on or you got to change the play at the line because so many people, it's like this play might have crashed. This play might have Todd Yoder. You know, and I'm sure that's why Campbell was like, well, Crap, I just got to run it on this one myself because I, I don't know. I don't have any other plays to call because of the people that are in on this. Why do we have to keep switching people in and out? Why can't we keep Porter's in longer? Why can't we keep Cooley in longer and have him going out on more pass plays? Why do we have to worry about throwing the damn Todd Yoder or something like that? Old it goes back to the whole thing that I was saying the other day. Whenever we don't have Porter's in, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, he doesn't have to run the ball, catch the ball, anything. But if we don't have him on the field as one of the 11 offensive players, we don't do anything. We suck. We get a sack. Yeah. We, uh, you know, go backwards, throw an incomplete pass, whatever. But nine times out of ten, if Portis isn't on the field. Yeah, but nine times yeah. out of ten, if Portis right. isn't on the field, then we suck. Because they know we're not going to yeah. run it. They're like, oh, look, Portis isn't even in. Let's just play pass all the way. Well, dude, we better give a portable oxygen tank to him because dude's a O2 junkie. He probably think, goes to this oxygen Zorn needs to simplify the damn offense right now. I think he's he's open. I'm wondering if that's maybe part of it is that he's opened up the offense way too much over the last few weeks, and there's too much to digest. I mean, you got these rookies like Devin Thomas who have all the talent that they need to play in the NFL, and they're making dumb mistakes because they're thinking about a bunch of crap that doesn't matter. Like oh. getting in there on some simple plays. Don't get me started on Devin Thomas. 
guys are getting too excited. Where the hell's Fred Davis? Why don't we officially give our kids the Baltimore Awards? With that being said, uh, it's time for this week's Kicking the Balls Award. <laughs> Uh, since we've already given them anyway, pretty much. Who would you <laughs> so kick I'm for a Klondike bar? <laughs> I'm trying to temper myself because, I mean, we're all emotional after we lose. We get yeah. so emotional, babe. Not you as emotional as, as... Did you guys read this story? Speaking of Redskins fans being emotional, some dude in Stanton, Virginia, not Staunton, um... Some dude in Stanton, Virginia, it, it was a like a news article, and I was reading it, and it was like, following the Redskins blowing the game to the Cowboys, blah, blah, 35 of Stanton, Virginia, um, what did it say, was upset and began trashing his house, and he chased his wife out of the house, but not before he launched a an ashtray at her head. He was like it, it was like this whole article Holy about crap. how this dude like freaked out because they lost and like chased his like trashed his house and threw an ashtray at his wife and then he got arrested. Seriously, dude. It fans. sounds like it would have been a Cowboys fan. People that are listening, control yourself. Act like a Redskins fan. You can be upset, but don't throw ashtrays at your wife's head. Dudes, don't get this hit. Yeah. No dip-dip-dip. That's so dip-dip. I did throw my... um. Uh, 30s looking Redskins helmet hat thing at the wall. But that's about well, as I threw plenty of things around the house, but they were like, boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. They're, they're, like, oh. they're one of the twin twins. <laughs> I mean, I dropped an F bomb at 20. One of the twin twins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Anywho. Oh, Dude, you man. guys are so jealous of my twin twins. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you guys wish you had some twin twins going on. Those of you that don't, that are out there listening, or and if you even care, I guess John's box. Yeah, you got twin twins. John's twin, 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 twin twins. Box springs to make a king mattress. <laughs> he doesn't have two a king twin, size two bed. Twin mattresses put together are the exact size of a king size mattress. Right. And then a house such as ours, an old house from the king. Yeah, you, he has an old house. Staircase. You can't get a king size bed in there. So that's the only way to do it. You can't fold it up like a taco. He's got twin twins. You can't fold it up like a taco, bring it up the stairs, so we have to go the twin twin. That's it. That's right. It's still fantastic. Oh, man. But the best part is, I think you have have them ratchet strapped together. No, we don't have to. They don't don't have to... uh, Luckily, they don't don't shift too much. Dude. Hey, honey. Dude, they sell like kicks, though. As long as it's it's like a little... Dude, it comes with, like, a little foam thing that goes in the middle, and it comes with, like, a non-industrial, like, ratchet strap, like one that has it in the back of a U-Haul. For <laughs> I was going to say, hey, baby, call U-Haul. We need one of those ratchet straps so we don't fall <laughs> down the crack. Get one of those, get one of those blue blankets. Crack. <laughs> oh, man. The twin twins. <laughs> you, like, look at John's bed, and it says U-Haul across the blanket. <laughs> Dude, seriously. Hey, as long as long as it works, but but we do have to uh, we do have to make the joke every now and again. Um, oh man, that's cool because when I'm sleeping on my king size bed, I mean my twin twin bed. <laughs> yeah, get it right, dude. My twin twin size bed. 
man, I, I, you can joke as much as you want, because that bed is huge. Nice. So huge. Nice. Especially with Roberta and me, because of those wigs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, my. I don't, so think nice. I, I don't think I've ever heard you refer to yourself as a twig before. All right, dudes. Are we giving Kicking the Balls Award? <laughs> my, my Kicking the Balls Award goes to, my oh, yeah. goes to the O-line. There you go. That's a surprise. Oh, yeah. What's this podcast about again? <laughs> it's about it's about mattresses, dude. <laughs> it's about the O-line. The O-line. Good dude. Uh, all right. Let's get let's focus here. So you're yeah. giving your you're giving your kick to the O-line, you said? All of them. I don't care. Pick one. Pick all of them. One and all. Come one. Come all. Whatever. Um, even. I didn't think Pete Kendall had a bad game. I don't care. He's on the other line. <laughs> all right. Well, I I'm, think he was right. the least worst. Dude, dude, I'll use the name that I used with Big Mike earlier on with the O line. And that is <clears throat> you can build a really nice house. Because the thing was, here, here's the thing Jason Campbell, we were talking about this before. He doesn't have time to throw the ball. What's he going to do? You know, if the O line's not blocking and he's got all this pressure on him, he's got to get rid of it. Got to do scramble. Got to get sacked. You know, the analogy was: you can build a really nice house, but if you don't put insulation in it, come wintertime, you're going to be cold. Dude, I got a better analogy. You what? can have some really Dude, nice twin, twin, twin. You can have some really nice twin twins, but if you don't have the ratchet strap hold them together, it's going to come apart in the middle. <laughs> you're going to fall through the crack. <laughs> Strap in the in the foam kit, you're gonna fall through the crack. <laughs> think think of each one of those twins. Just imagine you got John Jansen as one twin, you got Pete Kendall as another twin. You know, if they're not ratchet strapping together and blocking for you, Casey Raybox uh, hanging brains, you're gonna fall through the middle. Fall through the crack, dude. Exactly. Um, anyway, hi, dude. Who's your kick going to? Me. Oh, yeah. Mine's going to number eleven, Devin Thomas. I think he helped, had a great deal of reason why we lost that game. A that one drive where um, he didn't cover up the tight end, or and uh, we were like um, didn't have seven men on the line, and then uh, yeah, we lost period. five yards. That made a start from the fifteen yard line, which we never recovered from. And then later in the That's game, right. on. With what, like six minutes left in the game when we were driving, and it was like a third and four, and he didn't catch it. It was right there. And he then of course, ratchet, ratchet strap himself to the ball. And then of course he we dropped it. So he had those two huge plays, and then of course we didn't make it on fourth down because that stupid call by Jim Zorn. But if he would have caught that on third down, it would have been a moot point. So those I two agree. plays. Those two dumb plays, and that's not the first time this year where he hasn't covered up seven on the line. And John was talking about how, you know, they have all these things to think about, but that's kind of a basic thing. It's right there, plain as well, day in the rule book. Seven happens, people on the line. That's what happens when that's what happens when we draft the uh, guy who started for like one year in college. Why was he yeah. in instead of James Thrash? I don't know, dude, but I haven't seen anything really that impressive out of Devin Thomas this year. I yeah, I can't say yeah, or Malcolm Kelly or Malcolm Kelly. I can't actually. I get the two mixed up half the time. I can't I'm even like, tell oh. you what number Malcolm Kelly is because he's never activated. What is he? Dude, I gotta tell you though. You gotta think about receivers, usually, especially receivers like this. 
their first year, unless they're like a top 10 draft pick or so, usually their first year in the NFL, they're not, they don't make much of an impact at all. I mean, Hankin Jr., down in Miami, last year hardly nothing. This year, like the last few games, like three games or so, is when he's finally starting to get a lot of, uh, he's starting to get a lot of passes thrown his way. He's starting to make a lot of catches and make a lot of plays. In Arizona, same thing. Second year player. He's the third wide receiver now. It took him over a year to really get moving and grooving with the offense. I concur. I, I, yes. He's still I getting my kick. I don't, I don't, care I don't disagree with you, John, but, but um, at the same time, he has been given uh, some, you know, opportunities. And he oh, yeah. he's sort of, you know, let those go by the wayside. So I'm just we saying. Need, we need that second receiver there because Randall L is number three. We all know that. Yeah. I'm just saying the opportunities have been there upon occasion, and we have not seen them uh, turn into anything. You, you know? guys think Malcolm yeah. Kelly will yeah. play yeah. next week? I don't know. I'd cut him for a Klondike bar. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to cut him because, I mean, this I thought we should have put him on the IR. But John's right. We needed a number two receiver, and if there, we have the big guy, we have number two. When's the last time what? we threw a fade pass like John Madden was talking about? Like we can't throw it to Santana Moss. I don't know what John Madden's saying. He's too teeny. Yeah, exactly. It's a whole thing yeah, of like totally. fitting it over a tall person and getting it down. You know, before it goes out of bounds. It just there's no way. There's like. Physics involved. They, yeah, with that. you need tall receivers to win the city. That's why it works so well in college. You still get one tall guy. And yeah, dude, but we could we could throw a fade to to Cooley in the end zone. And where the hell is where the hell is headlights? We need headlights back. We need Keenan McCardell back. Um, dude. both of those guys made major contributions to the team in the last few weeks of last season. I know they're what gone. What the hell dude. is Devin Thomas doing? He made a catch, I think. He made one or two catches, but um, he also made two pivotal errors. Devin Thomas was three for fourteen. Well, who's your kick, John? My kick goes to uh, Sean Springs. Oh, what for pulling himself out of the game? We knew it. We knew it. Who he actually thought he was going to play? Well, and you know what? Smart. I got to say, I, I'm officially saying this about Sean Springs now. I've had enough. You know, maybe we're playing our hurt guys too soon. I mean, maybe it's a good thing that we don't. Yeah, but Sean Springs is always hurt. No, I mean, even when he was in Seattle, I've talked about this over and over in, in past episodes. Sean Springs is always hurt. He's always been hurt. And he never played. Oh, man, I stubbed my toe um, <laughs> um, on the garbage can. I can't play for three weeks. Yeah, dude, you got to play through some damn pain. He had some like operation last year, didn't he? On his on his abdomen or something. Something. I don't know. Right uh, now, he's dealing with like a severely strained calf, or maybe perhaps a torn calf. Allegedly. You know, all I know is that he supposedly looked good on Friday, and then they're like, "No, we can't play." You know who else is is hurt all the time? And John and I talked about this, and I'm and. You know, I hate to see the guy hurt because yeah. I, I just think he's a good guy and I really like him. Is uh, is Mark Washington, and to see him go out again after coming back in, I was hoping that he would kind of get back to his normal self. He's, he's like been hurt the last three years. Hurt. I know. The first yeah, year that yeah, we got they, him from the Colts. Hurt. The first year we got him from the Colts, he was really good. 
Yeah, yeah, the first year was great. Maybe the first two years, but after that, I just hate to see it. Not so good. I mean, yeah, yeah, you hate to see it because it's hurt so much. I mean, he's just coming back from that shoulder now. He has a high ankle sprain. He's going to be out for a few weeks. All right. Are we done with the kicks? And one more thing, one more little mini kick, I think. Yeah, the defense only gave up 14 points. Our defense is the only reason we're 6-4. and four. No sacks, again. Yeah, where's Jason? Where's Jason Taylor? Where's Andre Carter coming in from the ends? They did yeah. get some pressure yeah. on him though. Where's really? Leron Landry? They got pressure on him. Hmm? Leron Landry came in and got some pressure on 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 when he was when he was uh, sent in on the blitzes. But dude, when did we blitz? How many times did we blitz? How many times? I don't know. More dude. than usual, I think. Yeah, I didn't think we blitzed very much at all. They picked it up a lot. Yeah. You well, got to hand it to that. Dude, you got to hand it to the Cowboys, though. They did what they're supposed to do in the fourth quarter and ran the ball. And I kept saying, I was like, dudes, yeah. they're going to run the ball. And would they. I don't. What the. Dude, Aaron, did you just say hand? <laughs> did you really just say hand it to the Cowboys? Dude, yeah. You're exactly right. They did exactly what they had to do. They, they ran, ran the ball and off. ran the clock out. And we couldn't stop the like run. Tackle back, yeah, at the back and forth. They were just running it off tackle, and then they changed it and run it up the middle. And, and then our I, linebackers who are normally stout and can drift left and right and hold the ball at the line of switch, they weren't able to do that the whole game. And then we it came down. Single, and then they got a single th- helmet on that pinky. Dude, then they got a third down, and I was like, they're too wuss to run it. They're just going to. They're, I mean, I was like, they're too wuss to pass it. They're just going to uh, run it here and try to run down the clock and then punt it away. And then they passed it and got it. And then they had that fourth down, and they went for it and got that, even though I didn't think they should. I would have personally went up by seven by kicking the field goal. But still, they did what they had to do at the end, and we couldn't stop the run even though we knew it was coming. Probably yeah. because our defense was on the field the whole game, because our offense sucked. Okay, well let's move on, dude. We can we can talk about this all night, but I think we need to move, we need to move forward. Yeah. All right, um, moving forward. All right. all right, you ready? Okay. We need to move the change. All right, let's do it. The company and Everlusa Game Ball Award. All right, who wants to start this out? Move the change. Let's see. I will. I'll start it. I'll give my game ball to uh, – I'm going to give my game ball to Jason Campbell because I think he's got a tough – he's got a tough time right now with the O-line and everything and trying to stay focused and pay attention to what's going on in and out of the pocket. Making him deal with rookie wide receivers that can't go right place, keep screwing up. Dealing, dealing with the whole headset issue, not being able to hear calls and trying to trying to sort things out on his own and – making a decision to run and actually not fumbling the ball when I was very scared he was going to and, you know, things like that. So I don't normally a game ball to the quarterback. This may be the first time I have done that. Except for last week. I did not. I'm just kidding. I don't even remember who you gave the game ball to. So I'll give it to, I'll give it to Jason Campbell. All right, John. Um, my game ball. Yes. He didn't have a great game, but he came in and made a difference right away. Um, I gotta give mine to D'Angelo Hall. 
Oh yeah, dude. Brandon and Aaron. Aaron, you totally pointed it out, dude. I can't even. Earlier. I can't even agree with that, dude. The only reason he got that interception was because he was burnt, and Tony Romo threw it five yards because behind him. Burnt on that play, dude. I know. If you if want to give it, that, to, if you want to give it to someone on that play, give it to Demetrius Evans for getting his hands up and making Tony Romo throw it behind his receiver. Most underrated player on the team, Demetrius Evans. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but I still think but, Angela Hall could be, you know, could be an asset to the team. Oh, especially if Springs isn't going to play ever. What the? But you gotta Dude, wonder I'm about some of the ball still. I'm giving him my game ball still because the ball hit him in the hands and he didn't drop it. That That's is true. You got a Dude, point. That's... Better than Carlos Rogers would have done. I thought it was Carlos uh, Rogers at first because I just saw the two sitting there and I was like, no way, that Carlos Rogers didn't catch that, and it wasn't. <laughs> Pilar. Yep. Pilar. All right, that's a good one for that. Yeah, it hit him in the hands, and it came in there pretty fast, and he still, like, caught it with his hands. He didn't let it, like, bounce off his stomach and then jump up and to shake his head while he didn't catch it. He didn't know. What do you you got, Aaron? All right, well, I got to give two then because I think both of these guys deserve one. One to uh, Rocky McIntosh for – having a pretty solid game and coming up with his first ever interception. And he's been playing well all year, and I haven't given him any uh, credit on that. This is only, what, his second season, right? It's not It's not his third year, is it, yet? Third, isn't it? It's his third, but he missed a lot of time last year for that injury. Oh, yeah, yeah. He did a knee thing or whatever. So he's starting to come around third. and be a good, uh, good solid linebacker. So i got to give it to him. But i got to give it to number 26 for just playing. Dude, he's a football player. The antithesis of Sean <laughs> Springs is number 26, Clinton Portis. And he played pretty good, too. I mean, when they ran him. So, yeah, he was 15 for 68, 4.5 a carry. He, he has been more patient this year overall, too. I mean, finding following his block and then finding that crease at just the right time. I mean, uh-huh. We only ran Portis 15 times. How many yard runs by Portis? One by Betts and one by Sean Alexander. And, and Although what, I remember Sean Alexander running it twice. And do you remember my always, forever Redskins key to success? You got to run the ball more than fifteen times. I think I said we got to run it more than twenty times. And Portis has to run it a hundred yards. And we got to score more points than the other team if we're going to win. It's as simple as that. <laughs> No longer leading the league, by the way. That's all right, dude. He did break a thousand yards already. He's behind yeah. Peterson, but he broke a thousand yards. Just pointing out. Playing hurt. Um, dude, I want to give another shout out to uh, since we finish up game balls to um, Rock Cartwright. I thought he had a good game. Except I for that, except for that muffed kick. No, no, throw that out, throw that out. But look at everything else. I mean, I thought he had a, a good game, other than that one thing. I mean, he he had that he he did he had that uh yeah you're right he did have that uh, kick return at the end of the first half that put us in position to score points. He had a couple of good returns, and um, on the other side of that, uh, he was making some nice nice tackles, first on tackle on special teams. Um, I thought uh, I thought he looked pretty good. All right. Yeah, he had a couple of good ones. You're right. He had that big one. Then he uh, in the fourth quarter he got us out to the uh, 35 yard line on one. 
That was on the that was that was the beginning of the drive where uh, the Cannon Moss dropped the one deep ball that was doing the whole game. Now speaking of speaking of Rod Cartwright, I got to bring this up since we're moving forward. That was and, and since we've already given our kicks, dude, the refs were horrible, and that whole thing where Rock went down and jumped on the ball right before it was at the goal line. I, please explain that to me because I don't understand. Okay. All right, I understand this. Explain the situation in case somebody doesn't know what I'm talking about. Okay, okay. here it is, here it is. Here's the situation. Went to melt their fondue. The Redskins, when he ran down there and jumped on the ball, he got possession of the ball for the Redskins, released it, and then it got kicked into him. But since the ball never came to a complete stop, I'm thinking that's why they gave it that's to the... That's not true, dude. the dirt. I don't understand what the what the deal is. It's not like he could he pick the ball up and run into the end zone with it. I think there's something about doesn't the I ball have to come to it dead. It, it's not dead until it stops for a second and then the refs blow it dead is what's in the rule book. So you stop and you and you hold it for a second, is that the deal? Yeah. And what was really frustrating about that is that he didn't even need to touch it. Yeah. No. It would have just sat that's there. All, that's all died. It, it didn't die. Like it got shot down. But it, it did. You know, but dude, when you're running 100 miles an hour at a ball that's sitting down there like that, you're going to do everything you can to try to keep it out of the end zone. And I understand why, exactly. he, why he did that in he, real time. I he mean, kept it out of the end zone. That. He kept it out of the end zone, and whoever was standing over it bounced off of him and came back in the end zone. Yeah. I believe it was Kerry Campbell. So, oh, well, dude, that could have helped us a lot, but I don't necessarily think the – Refs made a bad call, but I still really haven't seen a, a, a clear explanation of the rule. In fact, I downloaded the the uh, NFL complete rule book today, and I was looking through it trying to figure it out, but I didn't have enough time to. I think the refs made bad calls all night long. The worst one was on Clinton Portis when he got out of bounds at the end of the first half, and they kept winding the clock. That was the most blatant bad call. Oh, man, like back in his head, touched out of bounds and before he got touched. And then they were like, wind the clock. Which could have cost us seven. Yeah. Right there. So, and that, it was the very last play of the third quarter where whoever was across from uh, Chris Samuels jumped offside by a lot. Yep. They didn't call it. It was probably DeMarcus Ware because he did that a lot in the first game and they only called it once. And it yeah. was like three or four times. And I was like, offside. It's like the whole game. Well, dude, I think that the touchdown was a bad call. The uh, the Dallas touchdown. Which one? The one where Marion Barber's elbow was down before he went into the end zone. Oh, I thought it was too. I agreed with you, John. John said he was in, but uh, when you look back at it, if if he wouldn't have been in, they would have run another play from like the one foot line. Of course, we can't say what would have happened, but at least we had enough time to go down there and kick that field goal since they got in on that play. Yeah. I thought he was in, and that was my argument, too. I was just like, just give, give, give it to him. We need the ball back. All right. I'll let it go. But I thought he was in anyway. But, yeah, triplets, triplet and crew are usually bad uh, referees all the way around, and I thought they were again in this game. Can the I call ball it? hit the what? player in the rear. All right, before we in move the rear. on. Dude, before we move on from this crappy uh, game, can I point out one bright spot for us to remember? The hit. Was it the jumbotron? No, 
how uh, Carlos Rogers tacoed T.O. and T.O. threw the ball like 30 feet straight up in the air to be intercepted by Rocky McIntosh. Oh, yeah, he howls T.O. on that. I don't think I've ever seen a I – mean, it looked like T.O. just threw the ball straight up in the air. That was a nice hit. That's what's scary about the Cowboys, if, if they, they continue to get better now that Romo's back. We shut down their wide receivers. Mm-hmm. They're tight – it was Marion Barber and their backup tight end who caught touchdown. And remember what we said last game. We were like, why did the Cowboys stop running against us? And they must have listened because this time they did not. Yeah. Anyway, all right, we're done with the cow crap game. And it's uh, now we're moving on to uh, this segment. And dudes, we split. We split. We did split. Montgomery um, has an Achilles Achilles strain, and it's a good chance he's going to miss this weekend again. Um, so far, the call for him is that he will be out. Call for Springs is that he will probably play. Um, i got to figure whatever on that again. Randall L. has a low ankle sprain. He's expected to play. Adel Beck's aggravated his knee. May not play. Marcus Washington, we already know about for a few weeks. What um, about Bordas? Did he re-injure himself? Up. No, they said that he, they're, they're, he hasn't aggravated anything. He's just playing through a bunch of bumps and bruises right now. Oh, because last week he was quoted as saying that the week before he had 15 injuries and then he only had one. Yeah. So He's just beat up all the time. But he, he wants to play. He wants to win. He wants to damn win. Um, so that's the report so far. I'm sure things will change as we get towards the, uh, the game in Seattle coming up, which is a team affair. You can count on the fact that Springs will have a hangnail or something and not play. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the end of that. So uh, let's just go ahead and move into the NFC East report. Um, and I'll do it this time since you guys always, like, don't know who's going to do it. All right. I love how John sent in the itinerary. He, he sent the uh, standings for the NFC East, and it's listed as this. The Giants in first at 9-1. and one. Going up against Arizona next week. That should be a rough game for the Giants because Arizona's pretty good. Uh, you guys have anything to add? They do have a high-powered offense. Uh, Kurt Warner's playing ex- exceptionally well. Okay, second place, we have the Redskins at 6-4. and four Going up against Seattle in the place where we always get beat and we can't do anything on offense, but hopefully this time it'll change. Okay. And then John has in third place are the Eagles at five four and one <laughs> against Baltimore, who is a pretty good team, even though they just got destroyed by the Giants last week. I think it was thirty to ten. Um, hopefully, Baltimore yeah. will bounce back and beat the Eagles, the third place Eagles at five four and one. And then in last place, John has Dallas with the same record as the second place Redskins at six and four. And they're going up against San Francisco, who just came off of a uh, victory against, I think it was the Rams. I'm not sure. So that's the NFC East report. 
Giants in first at nine and one, Redskins in second at six and four, the Eagles in third at five, four and one, and Dallas in last at six and four. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. And... <laughs> Thanks, John, for that data for to supplied by John for the NFC East report. Brought to you by Rid Yourself of Dallas. Poo. Okay, and uh, well, there's that segment's done. So now it is. Oh, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to play. It. <laughs> it's time once again for Tom's trivia. Hey guys, it's Tom calling with Tom's trivia. I'm still trying to recover from last night's offensive debacle. Um, I'm not quite sure why. There's all this uh, praise heaped on Romo because they still only scored 14 points. I mean, it wasn't like the offense did anything. They had, they had a very nice drive there at the end of the game, but that was all Marion Barber. So, but the Redskins offense continues to struggle converting yards to points, struggling inside the third of the other team, and you only scored 10 points, you're not going to win. Even though when you score 14, you really sh- or you give up 14 at home, you really should uh, win the game. But if you only just get 10 on offense, pretty sad so hopefully we can fix this by this week with seattle we got some serious injuries going but hopefully uh, we can weather the storm uh i still think 10 wins gets you in the playoffs and i still think they have a pretty good shot at it but they're gonna have to uh turn this thing around and start winning some games all right well to remind you the question from last week the question was we were going the redskins last night's game we're going for their fourth straight home victory against the Cowboys. When was the last time they had won four in a row against the Cowboys? And the answer was in the mid-70s, 1972, 73, 74, 75. And in fact, if you factor in, they won those four regular season games, but they also beat them in the 72 championship game. So in the middle of that, it would have been actually five straight home games they won before them in the regular season. Unfortunately, the Redskins were not able to make that streak, uh, match that streak last night. Um, but David from Michigan was able to keep his streak alive of getting almost every question right. And uh, he was, again, first with the answer. And congratulations to him for getting it in. And uh, on to the next question, which um, I'll base it on the uh, the bye week. We just had uh, the bye week, and this is our first game back. What is the Redskins' all-time record in games after a bye? Uh, when they have a week off in the middle of the season, they get to play. What's their record? Uh, as most of you probably know, the bye week is not all that old a phenomenon. I believe the first year was 1990. I'm not positive. I think it was 1990. Um, but what's the record? So, all right, well, good luck. And I will talk to you guys next week. Sorry for the subdued message, but I'm sure you know why. All right. Hey, I'll All right. Thanks a lot, Tom, for your trivia, as always. And if you guys know the answer to the new question, Go ahead and send it in to Redskin. Or I'm sorry, Tom at HarryHogFootball.com, and you can give us a call on the Hog Line, and that number is two zero six two zero three one five six six. That's two zero six two zero three one five six six. Or you two zero six two zero three. One five six six. And you, six six. And you can just one leave it. One five six six. 
you can just leave yeah. a message there about anything you want. Like, for example, this week, our good pal Craig from um, Pittsburgh, who went to the uh, Cowboys game, left his views about FedEx Field after we went on our rant last No, week. dude, I thought he went. Did he go to the Cowboys game or did he go to the Pittsburgh game? He went to the Cowboys game. I think he said. Anyway, he went anyway. to either the Cowboys or the Pittsburgh game and basically was, you know, jumping on about a rant that I don't want to get started on from last week. About, about how horrible it is to go and get in and out of FedEx Field and blah, blah, blah. But I will like to say that the Harry Hog football boys have secured their seats to the Cincinnati Bengals games. I have the tickets in hand, and we will be able to compare the experience of Cincinnati's Paul Brown Stadium. Isn't that Cincinnati's? Yeah. Starting, to, starting with the, uh, the ticket price for seats on the 35-yard line, 23 years up. Oh, this is – Oh, yeah. This is going to be a shock just, to you guys. Let's save it. Let's save it. All right. We'll, we'll save, save it. it. We'll save it. We'll save that. Save it. We can, we can start with that because that's already funny. All right. So, um, anyway, we're going to be at the game, and we'll probably – that's going to be episode um, 151, but we'll probably do the uh, podcast after that game with everyone in Harry Hog main studio so none of this over the phone stuff we might even all have our own microphone and not even have to like lean in and share one smell josh's like wing breath (laughs) (laughs) dude i'll make sure i bring my radio shack mic (laughs) nah i got i got mics don't worry about that you got radio shack mics laying around (laughs) um (laughs) Anyway, so, uh, yeah, go ahead, send us some email, send us some voicemail, send Tom the answer to Tom's trivia, and good luck on that. And with that being said, um, let's see if I can get the cue right. I'm trying really hard. I'm double-checking. No, that is not the way are you now, Redskin of the Leech. Burt Becker. Christopher Cross. Chris Cross. Christopher Street. Here we go, here we go. In, in honor of this week's this week's game and our horrible loss to the Dallas Cowboys. Um this week's Where Are You Now, Washington Redskin played for the Dallas Cowboys from nineteen ninety nine to two thousand and two. Played for the Washington Redskins from 2003 to 2005. He was a defensive tackle. Not Dion. Hailed from our hometown, went to First Colonial High School in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Oh, yeah. Um, Anybody taking a guess? I know exactly who it is. Uh, Had a horrible staff infection that ended his career. I can't recall. I can't recall. Brandon Noble. Brandon Noble. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, 2006, man. Everybody was worried that he was, they were going to have to like, amputate his leg or something. I mean, he had a whole mess load of problems with that. Uh, yep. But the Redskins uh, released him in 2006. Um, since then, let's see. Since then, uh, he's done quite a bit of broadcasting on ESPN Radio. Um, really? He has. That's cool. Um, he also um, he 
also, let's see, he's become a football coach at uh, Westchester University outside of Philadelphia. Um, he's coaching linebackers there, which is kind of interesting because he's a defensive tackle. Um, <laughs> but uh, other than that, he and his lovely wife, Mary Kate, uh, live in Leesburg, Virginia, with their three children, Connor, Grace, um, and I think they have another one too. And apparently they have a, a bunch of dogs, bulldogs to be specific. So, what kind of bulldogs? English bulldogs? Don't know. Because those things are expensive, man. I do not know. But, uh, but anyway, Brandon Noble. Dude, you didn't let us guess what he was doing these days. Because I was going to say I thought he was a car dealer. You always say that, dude. Yeah, but I... You either say it's a car dealership or he's, no, like, cutting hair. There is no Brandon Noble, you know, Mazda and Oldsmobile. Actually, Brandon Noble, Noble, so. for Brandon, Brandon Noble. Noble <laughs> for Brandon Noble. <laughs> for Brandon <laughs> and Brandon Nobles. I was going to say that Brandon Noble was uh, owned a uh, surf shop in Virginia Beach, but, oh, well. Yeah. I would have been wrong. They got SC. At Noble Motors. Anyway, um, congratulations to Brandon Noble on his new um, lot in life in outside of Philadelphia, uh, coaching linebackers at some school. Oh, dude, he's living in Virginia, dude. Dude, do they play? Do they play against the Landon School by any chance? I don't know. That would be a noble thing to find out. <laughs> speaking <laughs> of, did you contact uh, Trey Johnson this week to get him on? No, I've not had the opportunity to speak with Edward. <laughs> Dude, it would have been great to have him on here at the beginning of the podcast going, man, mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we suck. I know. But you uh, had us saying it. No, you had us acting like Sean Connery instead. We could <laughs> we, man, we suck. Yeah, I could see us going, Trey, Trey, we want you on the podcast, but here's the catch. Can you try to sound like Sean Connery? <laughs> <laughs> He's probably much better than any of us. Oh, uh, man. He is at steamrolling over defenders, I can tell you that. Anyway. Yeah, could have used it in his prime. Anyway, there it is. Um, oh, I just wanted to touch base with everyone real quick. Let them know. Get on HarryHawkFootball.com. Uh, the Christmas shopping season is upon us, and there's lots of great shops that you can link through from HarryHawkFootball.com to go shopping for your friends, loved ones, and fellow fans. Yeah, in fact, today I had to buy a, a book as a resource material for work. And what did I do? I went online to harryhogfootball.com and clicked in the little Amazon window and looked up a book about SolidWorks and ordered it and, you know, got a little cut for Harry Hog Football so that we can stay on the, I guess there's not airwaves. What is it? Uh, Hard drive. So we can stay on the networks. Without us all having to get extra jobs. Yeah. So we can stay on the servers. Anyway, so yeah, if you guys want to go through there, it only takes like an extra five seconds to click through our site to go wherever you're going, eBay, uh, Amazon, a bunch of other places, and uh, it'll help us out, and we'd greatly appreciate it. All right, dudes, I think that about wraps it up. Um, We'll talk to you guys next week, hopefully after a Redskins victory. We've been saying that for the last four weeks and haven't got one. And we need to win these games that we're supposed to win if we're even going to have a shot at this point after blowing that game. And yeah. um, Dude, we got a shot. We've just got a long uphill battle and a long ways to go. Yeah, so uh, hopefully we'll go in and beat Seattle 
and San Francisco will go in and beat Dallas. And, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. Send us an email. Give us a call. Go through the site. And hail to the Redskins. And always, if you see a Cowboys fan, I know it's going to be harder than usual this week, but... No, if you see him, just go ahead and joke him. Joke him. Remind them we split the season. <laughs> and they've still only won three out of the last eight. Split the season like the twin twins. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. Right. Hey, dudes. Craig in Pittsburgh. Hey, you were talking about the Cowboys uh, on the Cowboys pre-podcast before the game about FedEx Field. Well, I went to the game. It's only my third time I've ever been to FedEx Field living in Pittsburgh. I don't get home much often, much often anymore, but you nailed it. FedEx Field sucks. It took us, and I'm not exaggerating, 90 minutes to get out of the stadium. We got in the car at 11.33. We got out of the car. We, we got out of the parking lot up to that I guess all the traffic has to go out, exit one freaking road out on 214, make a left or right, or go straight to go KFC, which ain't all bad either. Um, one road to get out. And we asked why the other road, we asked one of the guys why the other road wasn't open. He said, players and, and police and emergency vehicles only. The entire road to exit was closed so the players could get out, which, I, you know, that's fine. They're pro athletes. But FedEx, the escalators didn't work. You had to walk up, walk down. Um, the bathroom, the freaking bathroom, you enter and exit the same door. I mean, it, I spent my entire halftime waiting to go do my business. Instead of buying beers or whatever, I, I you know, Rock Cartwright had a great return. I had to watch it till, till, the, till the gun went off. Went down to the bathroom. When I got back to my seat, there was 12 minutes left in the third quarter. I was so pissed. I'll probably never go to another Redskins game. I mean, wh- what is Snyder doing? And can you not play Welcome to the Jungle every freaking uh, every third down and long for the Cowboys or the beginnings of it? Or if you're going to play it, play the whole freaking song. It just starts off with that. I swear, I told the guys I was with, if I hear Welcome to the Jungle one more freaking time, I swear to God. You know, or to go to hip-hop rap where all the players are all dancing instead of worrying about what the next play is going to be. Oh, I'm so pissed about that freaking loss. Anyway, dudes, uh, come to Heinz Field one time. You'll see how it's supposed to be. You know, I know you're, you don't like the Steelers very much, but they're AFC, so I can like them too. But, but all the amenities and the restaurants and the, and the bars around, you guys nailed it. FedEx Field freaking sucks. But two of my friends aren't getting season tickets next year. All right, man. So, uh, hail to the Redskins, for God's sake. I will uh, talk to you guys uh, soon. Later, dude.